Before Sergeant Lucas could drive off, George Bennett held up one finger. Scardale's only two miles away, yes? Lucas nodded. Before we get there, I want to know as much as possible about what we're getting into. Can we give PC Grundy a couple of minutes to give us some more details? A minute or two can't do any harm, Lucas said, easing the car back into neutral. Bennett squirmed round in his seat so he could see at least the dim outline of the local man's face. So, PC Grundy, you don't think we're going to find Alison Hawkins sitting by the fire getting a tongue-lashing from her mother? It's Carter, sir, Alison Carter. She's not the squire's daughter, Grundy said, with the faint air of impatience of a man who sees a long night of explanations ahead of him. Thank you, George said mildly. You've saved me putting my foot in it over that, at least. I'd appreciate it if you could give us a quick briefing on the family, just so I have an idea what we're dealing with. He held out his cigarettes to Grundy, to diffuse any idea the man might have that he was being condescended to. With a quick glance at Bob Lucas, who nodded, Grundy slipped a smoke from the packet and fumbled in his overcoat pocket for a light. I've told the inspector the setup in Scardale, Lucas said as Grundy lit his cigarette, about how the squire owns the village and all the land. Right, Grundy said through a swathe of smoke. Well, until about a year ago, it was Hawkins' uncle who owned Scardale, old Mr. Castleton. There have been Castletons in Scardale Manor as far back as parish records show. Any road. Old William Castleton's only son was killed in the war. Flew bombers, he did, but he got unlucky one night over Germany, and the last anyone heard, he was missing belief killed in action. His parents had been a good age when young William were born, and there were no other children. So when Mr. Castleton died, Scardale went to his sister's son, this Philip Hawkin, a man that nobody in the place had cast eyes on since he was in short trousers. What do we know about him? Lucas asked. His mother, the squire's sister, she grew up here, but she married a wrong un when she wed Stan Hawkin. He were in the RAF back then, but that didn't last long. He always claimed he'd taken the rap for one of his senior officers, but the long and short of it was they threw him out for selling tools out the back gate. Any road, the squire took it on himself to see Orkin right, and he got him a job with an old pal of his, selling cars down south. From all accounts, he never got caught on the fiddle again, but I reckon a leopard never changes its spots, and that's why the family stopped coming up for visits. So what about the son, Philip? George asked trying to speed up the story. Grundy shrugged, his bulk making the car rock. He's a good-looking beggar, I'll say that for him. Plenty of charm and smarm and all. The women like him. He's always been all right with me, but I still wouldn't trust him to hold the dog while I went for a pee. And he married Alison Carter's mother. I was just getting to that, Grundy said with slow dignity. Ruth Carter had been a widow close on six years, when Orkin arrived from down south to take up his inheritance. According to what I've heard, he was right taken with Ruth from the off. She's a fine-looking woman, it's true, but it's not every man would be willing to take on another man's child. Mind you, from what I've heard, that were never a problem to him. He never let up on Ruth, though, and she wasn't averse to it either. He put a sparkle back in her eye, and no mistake. They were wed three months after he first showed his face in Scardale. They made a handsome couple. A whirlwind romance, then, George said. I bet that caused a bit of ill-feeling, even in a place as tight-knit as Scardale. Grundy shrugged. I've heard nout of the sort, he said.
George recognised a stone wall when he saw it. He'd clearly have to earn Grundy's trust before the village bobby would hand over his hard-won local knowledge. That the knowledge was there, George didn't doubt. Right then, let's head on into Scardale and see what's what, he said. Lucas put the car in gear and drove through the village. At a no-through-road sign, he took a sharp left off the main road. Well signposted, George commented dryly. Anybody that needs to go to Scardale knows the road there, I reckon, Bob Lucas said, as he concentrated on driving up a narrow track that seemed to double back on itself in a series of switchback rises.